Hello again. It is Chris Lee and Blake Lovell of Southeastern 14 here to recap two SEC basketball games from Wednesday night, Valentine's Day. Boy, two teams had a happy Valentine's Day and two teams got a, a lump of coal in the chocolate box, I think. We'll get into that momentarily. A reminder, this is brought to you by Bet Online, which continues to be your number one source for all your basketball wagering needs, including pro and college hoops throughout the year with up-to-the-minute odds, stats, trends. You can follow your favorite team's path to the playoffs with in-game live betting contests and all the best player props. Experience the world's best wagering platform anytime from your desktop or your mobile devices. Head to BetOnline today. Become part of the team. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline. The game starts here. All right. We thought that South Carolina and Auburn, Blake, had a chance to be interesting because South Carolina has just been able to make teams do things they don't want to do and slow down what they do. But then we have Auburn, which when it is Neville in Neville Arena, puts on its Superman cape and is just invincible. And Auburn was able to, to speed it up, get things going. It hit 12 of 20 from three. It was running, dunking, throwing shots into the stands, all the things that Auburn does when Auburn is at its best. Um, Janai Broom, 21 points. Williams gives them 23. Auburn turns it over how many times? Seven times and hits 12 of 20 from three-point range. Blake, when Auburn does that, I don't know that anybody's beating Auburn anywhere, anytime, anyplace. You you guys picked uh, South Carolina, right? I was the only one that picked Auburn. Is that correct? That... that that might loosely be the truth, and emphasis on loosely, and not much emphasis on truth. But go ahead. Well, I, I wouldn't know via my Twitter uh, responses <laughs> over the past uh, twelve hours, but I don't think people know how it works around here. Yeah, I don't think they know how it works around here. Uh, but it turns out. So I just realized what happened. Okay, I told you I signed the the Paris Pact to twenty twenty four. Well, it turns out I, I signed the wrong treaty because actually oh, no. the one the one I meant to sign oh, no. was the <laughs> Williams Broom Act of 2024, <laughs> and that one says uh, no one shall enter the territory of Neville Arena and emerge with um, victory. Basically, so, something along those lines. Um, that's the one I meant to sign. So it, it's, it, like it just happens sometimes, right? You sign the wrong contract. You sign the wrong it, thing. It happens to the best of us. You know, Jefferson was – he was meaning to sign something else, actually, I think, when he signed the, the Declaration <laughs> right. of Independence. That's that's what I hear. But, right. yeah, look, I mean, we have our fun with our picks and, and all of that stuff. Um, but, I, I mean, this was one, as we said. I mean, if you, if you were picking Auburn, there was a clear reason to pick Auburn because they had beaten everybody by double digits – it's just a different game. And we said this could be the Alabama game for South Carolina uh, where you just go on the road, you run into a team that, especially if you don't shoot it well, which South Carolina did not, they go 3 of 15 in this game. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, this was just you know, Auburn Auburn mad coming off a loss, not just a loss, like a and somewhat embarrassing loss at Florida after all the, you know, the talk of the big win over Alabama. You go play at Florida, you're down 29 at one point. Just just awful. I mean, just an awful game. Um, you know, your worst game of the season. And then you bounce back with one of your maybe best game of the season, uh, beating, you know, a, a top 15 team by 40 at home. And so 
it just shows you the the power of this Auburn team at home and the confidence that if they get rolling and this team is confident, they're going to beat anybody because they just they're, – they're not easy to slow down. And especially you mentioned a second ago, if they're going 12-20 from three, they're going to win the national championship um, because, you know, that's what we said. If you're, fi- if you're looking for an area to pick on Auburn about, it's that. That's really the only one you can pick on them and say, well, they don't shoot the three that well. But if they're shooting it like they did last night, and remember, too, we've said about South Carolina, it's not just that teams don't make threes against them. It's teams aren't getting threes against them, period. They're not able to put up a lot of shots because of the way they pressure defensively. Auburn gets up 23s. They make 12 of them. But they just, you know, it's even shooting 62% from inside the arc. Of course, they took advantage. of They only, hit, they only missed two free throws, too. So the perfect night for the Auburn Tigers on Valentine's Day. And uh, for South Carolina – Sure. Are we? Are there going to be people come out of this saying South Carolina's a fraud at twenty-one and four, nine and three? They just get beat by forty on the road. Of course, it's going to happen. But I mean, this was just the ultimate bad setup. You know, my fun pick aside, it just was. We said it like it's the spot, right? Like it's all about Auburn was in a bounce back spot after the game against Florida. South Carolina running into a team that's just pissed off, and yeah, that's what can happen in the SEC uh, when when that when that happens. So, yeah. They ought to just take this box score and frame it and put it in a trophy case because you, you hit on some of the stats, but just let me read you the whole thing. Auburn field goal percentage, 61%, three point percentage, 60% free throw percentage, 89.5. I mean, if, if you want to pick flaws that the rebound battle was tied at 29, of course, there were no offense rebounds to be had for, for Auburn, which grabbed five of them. Turnovers, seven assists, 23. And it wasn't even a game where, like, the fouls were lopsided. Auburn was charged with 18 and, and South Carolina 19 in the game that, 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 by the way, got a little chippy as it went on. I mean, you, you just can't play better than that. No. I mean, no, th- th- I mean. Th- that, that would be good against – I don't know, Moorhead State. Well, I mean, and that's the thing, too, we've said on the flip side for South Carolina is if there is something that's going to worry you a little bit about them is that it really all is the defense. Like, the defense is what has to carry it. They have to play the type of style that they want to play. And if you get a game like this that just all of a sudden gets out in a hurry, you don't know if you have – you know, the offensive punch sometimes to be able to get back into it. Not to say South Carolina is a bad offensive team. It's just when you're playing one of the best defensive teams out there, which, you know, I've repeated for weeks now, it's it's fun to watch Auburn play offense and we can see all the points they're scoring and all this, but it's their defense that is why Auburn is as good as they are and why they're able to win games yeah. by double digits. It's the combination of being a great offensive team and being just a dominant defensive team. You know, that's what gets the score from a five-point game to a 15-point game and so forth. And so it's the combination of the two. And I think just with South Carolina, sometimes, as we said, I mean, if you go back to the Alabama game, right, it's eerily similar. Um, Even the Georgia game, what did they not do well in those three games? Five of 25 from three against Alabama, six of 26 against Georgia, three of 15 against Auburn. You know, and so it's just they they need a little extra something because they're they're just not – they have guys who can score. We've, we've talked about all the guys. I mean, you know, they've, they've, they've expanded beyond the big four now, but it's just, you know, still, 
I think you you need your defense and style of play to carry you more so than winning a you know a 95-93 type game. Like that's not the games that South Carolina wants to play. They want to do where they held what what was it six or seven straight opponents to sixty five or fewer points. That's that's how they win. They're not they're yeah. not winning games like this where all of a sudden Auburn just gets out and what Auburn had fifty at halftime, right? So it's like you've been giving up 65 or fewer and Auburn's got 50 at the half. It's just, you're not come back from that kind of, in that kind of game and that kind of style is just not something that South Carolina does needs to be in like to win games. It's just not going to happen consistently if they they're in that position. And this was just the perfect storm uh, against an Auburn team that is just dominant at home. And yeah, this was uh, no contest after uh, the first however many minutes there, you just felt like Auburn was going to, do exactly what they did. So, well, it's also not going to happen when they get one point from their bench. Well, you know, sometimes you you gotta you gotta have a little more scoring than um, <laughs> than that. I mean, and even right, it's not not even that. I mean, they you know the other two starters only got five points combined. Right, Cooper only had four. Davis had one. You get one from Clark, and then it's just you're just expecting three other guys to carry you. Which Michi Johnson had twenty two. Uh, Colin Murray Boyles had 19, BJ Mack had 14, and it's just, yeah, I mean, and and that's the thing, right? You think about it, it was, I guess it, South Carolina fans are probably a little scary. It's like, what happens if they don't get to the free throw line 28 times? You know, it's like, then what's the score? Um, you know, so that was at least they did get, I guess, to get the opportunity to get the free throw line. You know, that was again the aggressive physical style, but. I just think that's that's the thing, man. It's some of this was about South Carolina, but I think a lot of this was about Auburn. I mean, it's just this was the spot that I always say Bruce Pearl is very good at, at kind of this particular situation where his team comes off a huge loss, they come back, motivation. You know, <laughs> he's, he's got them motivated. We knew they'd be motivated to play. Uh, we knew the the Florida loss would be flushed, and. Here's an opportunity, right, uh, against this red-hot South Carolina team. And Auburn came out and showed you exactly what, you know, they can be when they're playing their best. So, Speaking of non-competitive, boy, Tennessee had not won in Fayetteville since 2009. But we did not let that deter us from picking the Vols. Tennessee went to Fayetteville. They took the women. They took the children. They took the corn nuts, the zero bars. They slashed the tire of the must bus. My goodness. Um, Pulse looked pretty good last night, Blake. They did. Just so you guys know, we're having all kinds of technical issues today, so you're going to see probably my screen freeze here at some point. Um, but you can listen uh, if you would like. And, yeah, Tennessee just completely took it to them. Um, that's what you want to see if you're a Tennessee fan. Um Especially again, it's it's the spot, like it's the bounce back. Although for Tennessee, the problem was they had to go back on the road again after the A and M game. They weren't like Auburn and got a chance to you know come back to their the friendly confines. But yeah, but they went and beat an Arkansas team that has not been very good, and they beat them the way they should have beat them. And I think that was the thing. Like it wasn't Tennessee just got trounced by Texas A and M, and they come back four or five days later and they pull out a you know sixty five sixty win over Arkansas. They went out and just took it to them. And I think that's where we've seen the separation from the teams at the top. This is why. Because Auburn can do what it did to South Carolina last night. 
because Tennessee can do what it did to Arkansas last night. That's how you separate yourself. And, you know, that's it's very clear at this point. And so, I mean, Adu, 23 points, 12 rebounds. He was fantastic. Um, you know, connect his usual 22-point game. Ganey with 17, James with 12, Ziegler with 9. It's the same story for Tennessee. I mean, it's the same well, thing. maybe not. Well, but here's I got, my I got a counterpoint, but in it, go ahead. But my point is more so, why did Tennessee struggle at A&M? Well, yes, okay. We're, we're, we're going the same place. We're just getting at it from different angles. Yeah, Tennessee struggled at A&M because they had Dalton Connect score 22, Ziegler had 15. No one else really did a whole lot. Um you know, and of course, A and M shot the three well in that game. But that's that's the the conversation that has been brought up over the past two weeks is ten, if everybody's predicting Tennessee's downfall, it's that they're not going to have anybody step up around Dalton Connect. Well, they had that last night, and so that that continues to be to me easily one of the the, the biggest themes with this team is just that you know they are they need other guys to step up and. If they don't have that, then they're always going to find themselves in some of these, you know, unpredictable game scenarios. And so last night that wasn't a problem. And so, yeah, I just think that, it, you know, it's not it's not the only thing, but that's that's one of the biggest things with this team. If they can just find ways to get other people scoring and give them good shots and they can make those shots, then they're going to be fine. What I was getting at, I'm looking at offensive ratings on Ken Palm from last night. And they only give you an offensive rating if you played 10 or more minutes. Tennessee had seven guys play 10 or four more minutes. All of them had an offensive rating of of 101 or over. I think 100 is average. And that included, I, I guess, the low man was Meshack at 101. And then next to that was Santiago Vescovi, who had four points. But he didn't turn it over but once had a couple of assists, did some other things, uh, hit all four of his free throws, didn't really attempt a lot of shots. I think one thing that did bother me is he was 0 of 3 from 3, didn't attempt a 2, and at one point Arkansas just said, we're going to leave you uncovered and dare you to shoot, which is, boy, that's that's a little bit of an indictment. But point is it didn't really matter because they had six other guys that played pretty well offensively. I, I think one of the biggest things that caught my eye was Jordan Ganey, who's played – really well for them at times, gave him 17 last night, very efficient. What was he? Six of of eight from the floor and three of three from the line. They they did get their usual, well, not the usual Dalton connect game. I guess a usual Dalton connect game is closer to 30 points, but point is he had 22, but they had other guys who stepped up and, and, and gave them points. And I think when Tennessee gets offensive balance like that, going to be really hard to beat. Yeah, I mean, there's there's not going to be a lot of teams that are going to beat them when they're doing that, because we know the defense is going to be there. Uh, you know, you're not like I said the other night, you're not going to have, you're just not going to have many nights where a team like Texas A and M, one of the worst shooting teams out there, makes that many shots against you. Um, just just ran into the wrong team at the wrong time. But yeah, I think that you know, even it's like even to go back to South Carolina loss, it's like. Tennessee was in the game because of their defense. Like, they're still right there. And it's just they just were terrible offensively. But I, I think that, you know, and I said this to someone earlier, the luxury Tennessee has now, you think about after the Texas A&M loss, a bit of a grind over the past couple of weeks. They had to go play that game at Lexington, had the just grind of a game against South Carolina. Now they have the luxury of playing at Arkansas, dominate, dominant win there, 
Now they get Vanderbilt, then they get Missouri. So they get the three worst teams in the league all in a row on their schedule. And it's kind of a chance to sort of reset a little bit. I know Vanderbilt's coming off the win over A&M, but they're going to be a, a double-digit 15-plus point underdog um, in Knoxville. And I know the last game there at times was a little bit close, but that's just the way it works. Tennessee will be a huge favorite at Missouri. Um, so it's kind of a chance to reset here, regain that confidence going into the stretch run, because the stretch run is one of the toughest for anybody in the SEC. And they're, of course, in the SEC title race. Home against A&M, the rematch. Home against Auburn, at Alabama, at South Carolina, home against Kentucky. Like, that's a brutal five-game finish for Tennessee that will decide whether they can win the SEC title or not. Because all those games are going to have impact uh, on everybody. Well, minus the AM game. All those games are going to have impact on other teams that are trying to be in the same conversation. So, yeah, I just – I look at it from that standpoint. I think Tennessee has a chance now. These these three games here, they've already had one against Arkansas, Vanderbilt, Missouri, kind of reset a little bit, um, you know, build up that confidence with other guys, get keep the scoring consistent with everyone else other than just Dalton Connect, and then I think that'll serve them really well going into that final – run of the season and for Arkansas just quickly I mean these are the kind Goodness. of games where if you don't have a, a Brazil in the lineup you just you're in trouble um yeah and I know you know Arkansas fans will say well you know we won against Georgia we won against Missouri without him yeah well it's this is a different beast here and I think this is where you you need even if just for depth purposes you need a guy like that out there to be able to combat what a Tennessee team can do um and so, obviously, that's not the only reason they got beat by 29. But it's just the same story. I mean, they, yeah. they did – must played everybody. <laughs> Devontae just, Davis played all 40 minutes, and that was the thing that I thought, like, if you're pinning your hopes to something, Blake, okay, he was the engine that made them go late last year. He's, he's gotten back, played well the other night. And you're like, okay, that's that seems to be your best shot to win. They They gave it a shot, and it just never got going. Yeah, I, I don't, you know, we we don't have the answers for Arkansas. I mean, I don't think anybody has the answers. Must have had the answers, or they wouldn't be in this position. Um, and now it's just like, you know, what what's next? We go to you go to A and M on, or just go to Mississippi State on Saturday. Go to A and M after that. Two brutal games. Uh, then it, well, luckily you do get the Vanderbilt Missouri combo uh, the following week. But yeah, I mean, probably right now you're looking at Arkansas. At best, being a probably six-win team in the SEC, that's at best. Um, yeah, we just yeah. would not have expected that going into the season. So, You know how when you watch election night, you watch and it's like, all right, we're going to call, you know, 3% of the votes are in, but we're going to call California for Gavin Newsom or whatever. Like the, the vote total of what they've got in is overwhelming. You know, the makeup of the rest of the state. I feel like it's about time to to make a, a call that we're going to see Vanderbilt and Arkansas in the the twelve thirteen SEC tournament opener here in our hometown. Maybe. Well, look, M Missouri. I don't think it's getting out of fourteen now that Vanderbilt's no, won that's, two that's games. That's not what I was. I oh, I'm okay. insinuating somebody else dropping. Um, yeah. Like, I am not sold on Georgia getting out of that spot. Like, I'm sorry. I Georgia's, Georgia's got a one-game lead, though. Well, they do, but here's the problem. Well, they here's also Georgia's lose the tiebreaker. Well, but here's Georgia's remaining schedule. I think Arkansas is going to win a couple games. 
hmm. because they got Vanderbilt and Missouri left, right? So I think Arkansas wins both of those. And, well, hold on a second. Let me make sure I got this right. Yeah, they're both at home. I think Arkansas is going to win both of those. Even if they lose all the other games, that gives Arkansas five wins in the in the um, the standings, right? I mean, if you look at Georgia's schedule, I, I'm not guaranteeing they're going to win at Vanderbilt. <laughs> um, they got Florida at home. That's tough. Auburn home, tough. At LSU, tough. Home against A&M, tough. Home against Ole Miss, tough. At Auburn. I'm not saying Georgia's going to lose out, but boy, they're in a tough spot here. Um, if you look at that remaining schedule, if they lose that Vanderbilt game, that's where things get tricky. I, ultimately, I think you're going to be right, but I'm just saying, I'm, I never thought I would say it, but like I think it's going to be closer than we think about Georgia dropping, perhaps. But they, but then they come out and beat Florida here, and it won't matter. So, Ken Pomeroy's got it from the bottom up. Missouri 1-17, projected at 1-17. Missouri, of course, doesn't have a win yet in the league. Vanderbilt 3-15, Arkansas 5-13, Georgia 7-11. Mm. Georgia gets to seven. I we'll see. Like I said, I, I mean, they it can happen. I just I'm curious right now. I mean, they just I think they've it's kind of set in right now. I mean, right where it's man, they just are, they're finding ways to lose games. Um, yeah, and they did just lose at Arkansas, but luckily for Georgia, here's what they have in their favor: they had the midweek off, and we've pulled up. I pull up the stat like midweek off. You are sitting pretty, unless you're Vanderbilt against Tennessee. Everybody else has won in the midweek off. So there were, there were, what, four teams off in the midweek this week? So those all four could be setting up for victories. We'll see. But. Yeah, Ken Palm's got it. Uh, Georgia favored to win two outright, but winning three. Uh, the only two games they in which could. Georgia's favored are at Vanderbilt and at home against Ole Miss. It is favored to lose – the other five, but uh, Texas A&M, 46% chance to win that one. So that's almost a toss-up. That one's in Athens. Well, I just think, you know, as long as they stay one game ahead, because I just think Arkansas, and I know it just got blown out by 29, but this is, I mean, look, we're also predicting Arkansas, where it's like, why? Why, why even try? Um, but if you look at their last three home games, Arkansas is going to be potentially favored in all three of them. Missouri, Vanderbilt, LSU. So, meh. I mean, so that gets yeah. them a six if they win all three of those. So, I just, yeah, Georgia's got a tougher tougher road, I think, even with the home games. Like, I just think they're playing teams that are fighting for their NCAA tournament lives. That's one of the problems for Georgia. Texas A&M, Ole Miss, and, you know, Florida's in. Well, I mean, they should be. But, yeah. yeah. So, we'll see. Yeah, I also think Georgia's going to have more to play for. Maybe. I mean, it's just – I don't know, man. It's like you lose five in a row in the SEC. Sometimes that can just completely – but that's where I think having right. a midweek off can help you. And I wouldn't be surprised at all if they come home and play well against Florida on Saturday and maybe win the game because, remember, they took the overtime last time. So, after a furious comeback. So, the Mike White Bowl, that could be what determines keeping Georgia out of that 12-13 game. Yeah, I mean, I think this could go both ways. You, you raise a good point. I just think that Arkansas, you look back – I mean, I, I still look at the lineup. I'm going, how is this team a three-win SEC team? It just doesn't make any sense. Well, chemistry is everything. Yeah. Parting thoughts. Nope.
hit the subscribe button. We'll have our previews and predictions coming up uh, for all the big games this weekend. We only got two I think we're going to do in separate videos, Auburn, Kentucky, Alabama A&M. Uh, then we'll have all the others in one video. And, uh, yeah, so hit that subscribe button. We appreciate you guys. And, uh, yeah, as always, remember, we like to have fun with our picks. So We do. Don't, don't take them too seriously all the time. The Paris Pact has been thrown the in Paris the trash. The Paris Pact. What was, what what was, was the other the, one I created earlier? I don't the, remember the now. William, the, the Broom Williams Act. The Broom Williams Act of 2024, which says you may not step into Neville Arena without taking a and big William. L. That's that's what it says, I think. So. <laughs> you shall be swept out of mm. shall the be town broomed. of Auburn. You yeah. shall be broomed. <laughs> Man, we got a lot going on here. I've, I'm doing baseball stuff later today. We've got our SEC preview. I'm working on power. I'm still doing the research right up to the last minute. So if those of you mm. wonder where's our baseball content, I don't want to. I don't want to do this halfway. We're doing three things here at once, and so it, it takes some time to arrive at your conclusions. I'm, I'm getting that together. We've got some Ole Miss football stuff coming today. I think we've got Trey Wallace joining us tonight to talk about this Tennessee court case. He's been in the building for that one. I can't even keep it up with it all. That's why I've got a schedule in front of me to tell me what to do next. But anyway, uh, whatever your flavor with all that, we're going to have you covered. Thank you for watching. He's Blake Lovell. I'm Chris Lee. We're Southeastern 14 presented by Bet Online.